Free Talk Live. It is, in fact, Free Talk Live, and you may call in, talk about whatever you'd like. You're free to, in fact. It's Mark with you. And Aria. The number, in case you have not yet written it down and put it in your phone or whatever it is you need to do to save this number, is 603-283-6160. Please save me and just go ahead and write it down because I... I like I haven't yet learned it. I have to look at it as I, I rattle it off here. I can I can rattle off the old number just off the top of my head, but the new number I don't have. I'm just pleased that you know you got it right on the first time. I think Ian and I both the uh, first night we messed it up at least once or twice. Well, this isn't my first show hosting since I've since we've changed over. Okay. Um, Did would... you mess it up the first time? Oh yeah. Okay, good. I'll I'll mess it up tonight. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Count on it. Speaking of Ian, uh, for those that are, you know, care, I I talked to him earlier in the day. He was in Arkansas. So my favorite was I called him early in the morning uh, when I got up. Um, Don't you wake up at like 6 a.m.? No, sometimes. But no, this morning was, I think, 745. (laughs) Okay. Still well before Ian was up, probably. No, no, he was on the road. He drove uh, straight through. Um, so, you know, apparently he landed somewhere around 10 p.m. and they started driving. Uh, his uh, The person he's driving with is in Texas. And he's like, we're still in Texas. And Texas is a big state. Whoa, it is big. Yes, it sure is. You take, uh, uh, I think it's Route 10 across Texas, and it just never seems to stop. I don't know. I used I-40 when I crossed Texas. So you just went across the top of the panhandle. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. The uh, weather was, I mean, it was the most Texan weather I've ever seen, though. Woman, it's just clear, and then you see just this wall of black clouds ahead of you, and then it's clear again. <laughs> it was an intense experience because, you know, that's where the tornadoes happen. Yeah. There's, you're, it, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm about to have a really bad night. Interstate 40 <laughs> really is where the, where the tornadoes happen. Should get that bumper sticker while you're there. Anyway, he's uh, he'll be back at some point in the relatively near future. I don't know when. I know I'm slated to be on from now until Sunday, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Ian rarely leaves the show to do anything, so you know by sure. by all means, Godspeed. Good luck to you. So today is the inauguration day. I suppose we should spend some amount of time discussing that. I guess so. I mean, I didn't pay any attention to it other than being aware that it was happening because, you know, what we do here is we look at the news and see what's going on so we can comment on it. But all of the news today is just about the inauguration and various people's takes on it. And I'm just like, yeah, you coronated a new king. And that's pretty much it. I can tell you. So I I had to pop in and out of my car several times today. I actually turned the radio off of NPR at some point because and there there aren't a lot of choices for radio uh you know shows here in in little sure. New Hampshire you get either the commercial stuff which is ka- Howie Ka um who you know on commercial radio or you get uh NPR and basically NPR just could not stop lavishing praise on the new administration um so I'll rattle it off to you here real quick Donald Trump didn't go to the inauguration of Joe Biden. He uh, gave out. Some, I knew that he gave out some pardons early in the morning. Uh, n- none of them were any of the guys that we were looking for. They were not Snowden, Assange, um, Albrecht. or Albrecht. And that was the most frustrating thing about it, because that was what I did when I first woke up today. I was like, surely because I woke up afternoon. So yes. obviously, if he was going to pardon people, he would have already done so. Looked at the list carefully, carefully watching 
Albrecht not on there. No. Um, the, so the, disappointing. The, the, state, the statement is is that Mitch McConnell has something to do with preventing um, Assange from being on, but I don't really have anything else. I don't know. Like, I don't know why. I don't sure. have, uh, you know, maybe somebody will interview Donald Trump and ask him, why didn't you pardon these three guys? But as of today, I don't have any answers for you. And that's that. So... Um, well, now we have to start appealing to Joe Biden to do it. What's really important to note is is that uh, Donald Trump, although he wished the new administration luck and success and declared that they probably would be successful, that he uh, he did not say Joe Biden's name like he would. You know, he could have said Joe Biden's name, but he didn't say Joe Biden's name. It's really important that he didn't say Joe Biden's name. Do you know he didn't say Joe Biden's name? They had to say this over and over and over again. It's like a bunch of 17 year olds were turned loose on NPR today. Frankly, it's been that way for the last six months. And I'm about ready to stop sending them money. Because I do believe that if you listen to commercial free radio or whatever that or very few commercials, they've got sponsors, you know, whatever. But they're they're listener funded. Uh, They operate that way. I think you should pay for what you listen to. I'm about ready. Like I I'm I stopped listening for about six months prior to the election and I'm about ready to stop again because this is just sickening. Oh, did you know that Kamala Harris is the first woman, the first Indian, the first Oriental, the first black to be in the uh, uh, the v- vice president office? I mean, because it's really I, important. I, I did know that. She's all of those things. She's <laughs> like every uh, identity politics wet dream rolled into one. Like forget the fact she's that she has, is she's in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, forget that she has not yet uh i mean she's incarcerated more black people than you know god knows anybody around sure Uh, but that's that's beside the point like we've got it here today celebrate yippee today is the day to celebrate she she swore on strom thurman not strom thurman who's the other guys thurgood marshall's uh uh, that's a really odd uh, mix-up of two names there thurgood marshall's bible Uh, like what is the significance of that is it just their religious ceremony? Thing? I think you can pick the Bible that you will swear on. Um, if you let, let me, I, this is kind of something I'd like to ask you. What if you were, uh, you know, in that position, a, a position where you were to swear in? And I presume you expected to do that as sheriff. Sure. They asked you, "What were you going? What are you going to swear in on?" I would use the the tenets of the Temple of Satan. And where, where or the did, Satanic you, did you write that stuff? I didn't write that one. Okay. So this is Anton LaVey's crap? Yes. Okay. I did read uh, way back in the day his uh, little book, The Satanic Bible, which is like, we're not really Satanists and I like blue cheese dressing. Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to this. I really hate it. Well, these seven tenets of uh, Satanism are actually pretty good. I mean, they're very libertarian at heart. Um, okay, I'll take your word for it. Did you want to go over those at some point? Sure, I can pull them up now. Oh, no, we'll go over it later if you don't have them ready to go. Um, I will say that I did know that Kamala Harris was the first woman, the first African-American, the first Asian uh, to ever be vice president because I found this opinion piece from this absolutely insane writer who is just bubbling with happiness about this wonderful change that's undergoing right now and how America is going to heal and everything's going to be totally different forever and we're all going to skip through the flowers I have decided that I am going to let those people be happy today because if you want to be happy about America coming together 
and you want to be happy about how things are going to be good in the future, like how can I not support you? Like I sure. want that too. I do too, but it, it's not going to happen as a result of changing the president. I think the best thing to do is to let them say what they say, and then in six months or a year, a year and a half, say, hey, remember this? Where's all the things you said were going to happen? How come they didn't happen? And that's because, I mean, mostly I think when people talk about unity, they mean finally everybody's going to believe the way I believe. Yeah, that that is most of it. And that is about the vainest thing you can possibly think. Now, I'm all for joy. If you're feeling your bliss today, by all means, the number 603-283-6160. Please call because I want to ask, you know, what part of this farce makes you feel bliss? But for me, it just seemed like, A, let's separate Americans by talking about uh, gender and ethnicity over and over again. Sure. Let's talk about how the last guy was really awful and the new guy is talking about how he's going to bring us together. Come on. Like, really? Which one of you is young enough to really believe this crap? Joe Biden isn't going to bring anybody together. No. He didn't. Joe Biden's been in office for 45 years. If he was going to bring anyone together, he would have done it already. Well, the president isn't (laughs) capable of bringing people together. Actually, he's the one who's best capable, in my opinion, because he doesn't he shouldn't have actually any real power shouldn't i agree 603-283-6160 free talk live 603-283-6160 as in freedom Talk live. Yeah, yeah. The number's uh, 603 283 6160. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're talking about the uh, inauguration. The coronation of the new king. Yeah. So mostly I don't care. And I'm a little frustrated that uh, NPR wouldn't shut up about it. I mean, it's kind of a, it must be a low news day because that's all that we talked about. Um, I don't care, but part of me would rather have, well, I mean, if I had to choose between the two, I would rather Trump still be president. Really? Over Biden. Okay. Defend that statement. Trump at least made me laugh. He is, he is, uh, yeah, he's good for a few chuckles. And he was unpredictable in the sorts of things he would do. Like he banned trans people from serving in the military, which is something that I absolutely supported him doing. Why did you support that? Because I don't think anyone should be allowed to serve in the military. The more groups we eliminate from being able to serve in the military, the better. I don't like any group in particular being singled out for anything, especially if that thing is negative. But this is a positive development. It's like, hey... You can't go die for oil interests and for Halliburton. We're not going to let you do that anymore. I have a hard time being upset about that. I Well, okay. How, I have a hard time being upset is a different statement than I'm glad that he did it. I, I am glad that he did it. Okay. It means fewer trans people or fewer people in general are going to go overseas and die for corporate masters. Um, I would take a different tact. First off... Um, you know, as far as unit cohesion and all that other stuff goes, uh, I think that that's up to the um, commander on the ground. Um, they know how to drum out people that they don't want in their particular unit. There may be some other place for them to go or whatever. I don't think you should give anyone 
an opportunity to stand up on a soapbox these days and talk about their identity. Sure. Right? Like, just stop giving these people, like, stop kicking the soapbox over to them so they can just hop right up there and give it an old yak. If you want to, look, if you want to wear a thong, a lacy thong uh, pair of panties underneath your uh, BDUs, go right ahead. I don't care. I swear to you, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. I think you did care. I, I, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to, I don't want the long speeches. I, I just don't care. But Isn't one of uh, somebody Biden's- really wants to tell me about how much uh, they enjoy wearing lacy thong uh, panties <laughs> underneath their BDUs? I mean, I swear they want to talk ad nauseum about it. I, I suppose some do. Yeah, I would. I would rather never discuss it. Yes, but I hear that one of Biden's picks for something is a trans woman and a rather. Um, grotesque looking woman at that it's hard for a lot of people you know when they they transition later in life you know and um you know you can't i mean this person like if you're an ugly man you're gonna be an ugly woman that seems to have been the case here it's not that hey she she's particularly ugly as a woman it's like no she's she's just ugly either way (laughs) and there there wasn't anything that was going to fix that okay so i haven't seen any pictures i don't know with whom uh about whom we're discussing i you know or whatever but uh, like the any conversation about identity is going to make me uncomfortable and upset. And I, I think that the people that like talking about identity would say it's because I'm a white male. And, of course, they would have then gendered and ethnicked me uh-huh. right off the bat because I don't identify as white. I identify as clear. But you're not clear. <laughs> Who the hell are you to say that I'm not clear? This is clear. I mean, I can look at you and tell, you know, you're not Clear. Clear isn't an ethnicity. I'm gobstopped (laughs) at your at your audacity to say that I am not clear. Are you trying to be clear? I've been clear my whole life. Okay. Here I am, clear. (laughs) You can't see. You can't see how many fingers I'm holding up behind my head. I can't. But hey, if you say I can, I'll I'll roll with it for the for for the sake of honoring your. That's what's wrong with this world. Is people keep on uh, just go ahead and roll with whatever the hell people say. They say nonsensical crap. Worth fighting people. It sure isn't. You know. It sure isn't. And um, if you want to actually identify as clear and insist that you are clear, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm just okay. <laughs> of all of the things that I could do with my evening, arguing about whether or not you're clear is not on the list of things I want to do. I know, but my favorite was is how you began to demonstrate that I am not clear. <laughs> like you know, if you spend any time having that conversation with anybody else about any other of uh, whatever it is they try to choose. You're a bigot. You're crazy. Okay. Like, this is the world I live in. You know, the things that, as I understand them in the world, they just, no one will acknowledge them. And the people that do, I don't want to be on their side because they're awful. You know, like, I'm like, oh, God. I mean, you're not wrong. There are a lot of people who would say that, you know, if somebody doesn't acknowledge me as being female or whatever, then they're a bigot. And by that same token, me refusing to acknowledge that you're clear would similarly make me a bigot. But it, it just doesn't seem to work that way for them because, I mean, they're the ones with the social pressure to declare who is and isn't a bigot. But, of course, that's not a, a mentality that I endorse anyway. No, it's not. If somebody wants to that's call That's what I love about you. No, I, I don't care. I swear to God, you don't care. You know? Like, I could, I can call you Jimmy on the air and you just <laughs> chuckle. You know? It does not hurt me at all. No, it shouldn't. 
it shouldn't. Um, I right. I choose to call you by your pronouns because uh, you, you make my life better and it amuses me, and that's all. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm just in it for the lulls. I'm with you, man. You know? So whatever. We're all here for a very limited time. So might as well have a good time while we're at it. Speaking of uh, news items, you probably should know today is is that. Um, one of the one of my favorite pastimes and pastimes of Re- Republicans generally is looking at pictures of unhappy um, like uh, people on the day that Hillary Clinton lost and stuff like that. You know, sure. just, just watching this stuff. And it is fun. It really oh, is. It absolutely is. I, I did think- it in 2016 when Trump won because, I mean. The the Democrats were inconsolable. They really were. I mean, they were. Some of them were going full blown meltdown. Right, and and the people and the Democrats and the media have had a very difficult time uh, hiding this uh, you know this inconsolability that they've had for four years, and you could just see it today. Like the glee was it was just it was just emanating from the radio today. Um, and, and I wonder how the idea that we're getting journalism and unbiased things from these people is absolutely ridiculous i wonder how republicans are holding up like people like well, rush limbaugh I, are they having the same sort of meltdown because i didn't get to listen to rush today i probably should have because i listened to too much npr um howie carr wasn't crying or anything but i'm i didn't listen for very long i was just on the way in i'm told that the proud boys are now mocking donald trump okay but the article is behind a paywall from the washington post so of course i can't read it yeah i hate that there wasn't a woman, there was an old woman who had a video where she was, uh, over the course of a minute, uh, wailing and crying and upset that uh, Donald Trump had been, he, uh, you know, kicked out of office and she begged, begged him, I hope you have a plan. Uh, yeah, he has a plan. It includes a golf. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's, if he's smart, he'd just retire. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't see any way he could ever get back into politics. He's never getting back on television to the degree that he was on. There, there won't be a think, return of The Apprentice. Don't you think there'll be a show, though? I mean, like, if he wanted a show, he could have a show. I don't know, man. He, I mean, he's toxic politically. Lot, lots of people want to listen to him bloviate about how he got ripped off for an hour a night. But he's been... Oh, you mean like a, a news show? Yeah, some kind of commentary. Or like an opinion show? Something like that. He might, he might be able to get one of those. Two, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news. All on a slick and easy-to-use website. All put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do around here. That's what we do three hours a night, every night. Yep, seven days a week. And most, we're generally pretty good at it. Yeah, most most weeks of the year. I mean, there are weeks of the year we're not doing it, but we tell you right off the bat that we're not doing it. So. Like during Fork Fest. Yeah. Which is coming up. Well, yeah. 
I mean, it's less than half a year away at this point. Right. So what is it? Uh, basically, the weekend, the week of it's before Ju- July 4th? June the 28th through July the 4th okay. at Rogers Campground. In the and, beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Yeah. If you want to learn more about it, visit ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. Yes. And that's the unofficial website because nothing's official at ForkFest. If you want to do anything exciting there, I don't know, put it on a marionette show or uh, show kids how to uh, split wood with a mall. I don't care. Go ahead. Do it. You'll get an audience. I swear. People will come by. And by the way. You're not wrong. Whenever you're trying to split wood with mall, somebody will come by and tell you how to do it better. I mean, it's a great way to get advice. Do a little, Sounds like an interesting experiment. Do a little work. And you'll get a little advice. Yeah. Forkfest.party. I wouldn't want to split wood, though. Why not? I don't really do physical labor. Well, that's how you stay healthy. I do not need assistance staying healthy. I exercise, but that's not physical labor. This is exercise. Well, then you get something done and exercise at the same time. Sure. All right. Let's go to the phones. (laughs) Ridley calling in from New Hampshire. The Oops, other one. Wrong button. Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks <laughs> hey, for helping me well, learn the phone system. States, you know, in all 50 states, it seems like we're watching our, uh, you know, our governors try to do authoritarian things. There are a few exceptions. Uh, but in New Hampshire, uh, at, least we, at least we have libertarian state reps who can uh, object and do something about it. And in this case, what's happening is uh, the the uh, governor has nominated his authoritarian attorney general to be on the Supreme Court. Uh, and a free stater state rep, Leah Cushman, has put out a call for people to submit testimony as to how the attorney general has hurt them and try to keep him from getting to the Supreme Court. Mm. This is a Thursday. I guess it's an executive council meeting on Thursday to tomorrow. I hope she's successful with this effort. Yeah, how yeah, do, of course how she's people, not the only one. There's a lot on else Zoom going on. Or if you go to reopeninh.com, there are details there on on the uh, testimony process or what you can do. Right. So, is this like a Zoom meeting where everybody gets to talk uh, if they um, you know raise their hand or something? I don't know. It's probably a combination. Uh, the, I tried to go to an executive council meeting in November, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> but that was in person. Uh, it was at a military base. Actually, the military confronted me for trying to film and uh, then called the police on me. Mm. Sounds like the military. It's funny. The military would call the police on you. I mean, <laughs> aren't you the organization okay, guys, with the biggest whatever. guns? <laughs> <laughs> the so- police were just... Kind of, uh, yeah, why are we here? <laughs> well, yeah, it's really kind of silly. I mean, if you're you're either um, able to, you know, see what your government's doing or you're not. And, you know, I, I guess the military guys probably just aren't used to people with cameras running around their base. And that makes sense. They probably shouldn't have had the meeting on a military base to begin with. Um, you know, I can see I can totally see you don't want uh, some Chinese spy going in there and uh, taking video of your, uh, you know, your missiles and airplanes and stuff like that. But, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have had that. I'm afraid I don't know any uh, Chinese. <laughs> Nor do I. Tragically, though, I don't expect this effort to be successful because Sununu loves this attorney general. They've been working together closely through all of this crap. 
Yeah. I've actually interacted with the, the attorney general three times in person. Uh, and he always either like, I'll ask him a question and he just pretends like I'm not there <laughs> or, or he says, call my office. Sounds like a politician. Yeah, that sounds like a politician. Yeah, it's not New Hampshire style, you know. So uh, where does one go if one even at the wants... higher levels, you normally actually get better results than that when you well, try to talk to Well, he's from California, so he's going to act not like a New Hampshire. Yeah. Person. So where he does one go if one wishes to somehow do something about this? Yeah, I guess it's, again, reopeninh.com has details. Reopeninh.com. Thanks for the call, Ridley. Correct. Yep, you're welcome, I think is what he was trying to say. You're an a-hole. Maybe that was what it was. Who knows? Um, it would have been accurate either way. Yeah, 603-283-6160. I've kind of gone through everything I want to go through as to you know what happened today and what you need to know in the news um, and my comments on that. And I got to say... Slow news day. All they're all reporting on this particular activity. Isn't it great that we have a military occupation of the Capitol and we're swearing in the first whatever people? Um, and so you know, there you That's go. Something. But we last night on the show we discussed doing something. I think we, you know has the possibility of being fun. And um, what that was, we try to have fun. Yeah, was going through the Declaration of Independence. It's been a while since I've read it. And uh, sort of list, going through the grievances section and seeing what the grievances were at the time that was worth running a bayonet through your government. And by your government, I mean people in funny outfits with silly hats on that claim to rule you. Now, which of is course, what we have today. The guy who's really doing something, uh, the you know, the parliament and the uh, the king and all that stuff. Well, you know. They're not uh, they're not there on the front lines for you to run a bayonet through. They send out people that they've paid that have been um, either they're so impoverished they have to, or they've been you know made some foolish mistakes, whatever it is, or they've just been brainwashed into believing that it's good and honorable and virtuous to serve in their government's military. Well, don't forget the Hessians; they're just doing it for the money, <laughs> you know. But this is fair to note: is that the um, majority of people who died in the Revolutionary War died from things that weren't bayonets being run through them. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, there weren't. So they would put up a wall of, um, of uh, you know, ball shot out of a uh, smooth bore uh, brown bess. And that was kind of the system was, you know, shooting a musket ball, uh, put, trying to put up this wall of uh, metal. And then they'd just stand there and hope it didn't hit them. I, I do remember seeing that and how the, the Redcoats were like, they're not playing fairly because they're not just standing there letting us shoot at them. Yeah, they did do that somewhat. They did play some of the by some of the rules, but and sometimes they didn't. But whatever the case is. Um, what a stupid way to fight a war. Well, what you have to understand is, is that it, they're highly inaccurate. And your chances of dying were better of dysentery in camp than they were of getting hit by one of these balls or um, any any death in the battlefield. What causes dysentery? Uh, amoebas. Okay. I don't know anything about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink the water is the answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's kind of fair to have a career in the military at the time because, you know, even though wars were relatively plentiful, the likelihood of dying in battle wasn't really particularly high. So... You know, there's that. Anyway. I guess, but they were still, you know, paid to kill people. 
hired killers. The mostly the people that they were paid to kill, um, in the case of being in battle, were people that were wanting to fight. I don't have the biggest problem with people who want to fight killing people who want to fight. It's the civilian deaths that bother me. So, um, you know, I have taken the stand on the air here that the deaths on 9-11 in the Twin Towers were a greater tragedy than the deaths in the Pentagon. Sure. Because the people in the Pentagon are paid paychecks to stand between us and uh, bad things that happen. So if they made themselves a target and somebody shot at the target, then okay. Yeah, I agree entirely. The civilian um, deaths are the problem. I mean, but ever since World War II, it's been pretty much a free-for-all anytime there's been a war. And this guerrilla warfare, counterterrorism, terrorist insurgency stuff, it, it just means civilians are the primary target now. Yeah, yeah. Instead of armies fighting each other, they're fighting civilians. And yeah. I don't think it's ever going to change. This is the way war is fought now, and Six, it's horrible. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. Mark with you. And Aria. What our big plan is for this inauguration episode is to read the Declaration of Independence and go through the grievances and compare them to, say, grievances that we might have today. Sure. There actually was a Declaration of Independence here in New Hampshire that was signed recently. I really? Think, yes. Um, I N- don't remember the NH people... NHXIT doing this at NHXIT uh, something? No, I'd have to look it up or I, I could probably find the information again, but I don't remember exactly what group is responsible for it. But yeah, they basically handed a... Declaration of Independence to the Attorney General's office. <laughs> I love that. And I think they attempted to do it to the governor as well. Where can I basically, find it? you're fired. Uh, we read it here on the air two or three weeks ago. I understand, but uh, give me some general idea. You don't have to look it up. Um, just give me, like, I, I have things called search engines, and I just type in keywords. Would I do, what, NH Declaration of Independence? Probably not, because... I, it's probably not well known enough to appear in Google search results. Would it be at freekeen.com? Possibly. Oh, you look it up. <laughs> I'm going to go through the um, just the the preamble here, I'm going to call it. I don't know if it's called the preamble um, of the Declaration of Independence. C-O-S-N-H.com. C-O-S. Yeah, I don't – because the C-O-S, it stands for – It'll pull up here in just a second, but it's not what you would expect. Oh, it's New Hampshire Committee of Safety. Okay. Th- those are the people who were behind the new Declaration of Independence. Interesting. How'd you like it as on a scale of 1 to 10 for Declaration of Independences? It was pretty good. Okay. So they were actually seceding kind of thing? Yes. Uh, they actually delivered it to the Attorney General's office. Uh, uh-huh. I think they were in Concord at the time, and they actually stood there, I think, at the Capitol building. And read it, and there's video of this that people can find at freekeen.com. Fascinating. Congress, July 4th, 1776. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. That united, by the way, is small, uh, lowercase u in united. So its states are capitalized, America's capitalized, united small. Is which, this significant? Yes. 
That's um, the way it was under the Articles of Confederation. Okay. Now, the Articles of Confederation at this point should have not yet been written. Right. Maybe, I think, um, if I remember correctly. And this is, you know, but this is the sort of start of that meme. Anyway, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And I think that's a fair statement, right? Like if you're going to if you're going to tell Sure. Like if you're going to divorce your wife, it's fair to have this fair to explain why. Yep. If you're going to divorce your government, it's fair to explain why. Now, I think that the uh what's amazing about this document is that they were successful. And mind you, only by like sheer luck and audacity were they successful. It just Well, they had to a be. huge logistics advantage. They you know, did. The British were way over there across an ocean during the 18th century. And they had none of the weapons that the British had. The Navy completely outclassed them. Well, they um, didn't need a Navy. And they, the, the Navy didn't help the British any. And they could shell um, certain locations if they wished. Sure. Um, but just move further inland. And soft. likely without the French and the Russians, this wouldn't have worked Anyway, like there's a whole That's bunch the thing of thing that most Americans don't even know is that Russia said, hey, anybody who interferes with this, we're going to fight you. Yeah, it's um, I think that it's fair to say that there are a whole bunch of factors that if any one of them had not occurred, that this wouldn't you know, we'd be as free as Canada, which is freer than the United States on pretty much every chart of freedom out there. So, you know, there you go. I've always found it interesting how. The, the settlers who first came here, who didn't come here to set up a British colony, still ended up being British subjects, even though they came here to get away from Britain. You know, at what point did it become, hey, we're just living here trying to do our own thing to know your colonies of the British? Um, I think that in many cases they came with companies that paid their way to get here. And if... Somebody, I mean, you know, you you're under their thumb if you do so. Remember that at the time of the Declaration of Independence, through the um, basically 1815, Americans, 85 percent of Americans were in poverty. So the idea of picking up and moving from one location to another, if that location didn't include taking an ox or a horse to drag a cart there, uh, I mean, that was it. You know, you couldn't get there. You you weren't going to get on a boat and just go. There wasn't really much of a demand to impress people on boat, you know, to to have people go on boats for, um, you know, just the trip across, you know, that maybe you could pull it off if you did three years on a boat. But, hey, boats were pretty dangerous places. Well, weren't most of the original settlers, you know, lured here by religious freedom and not any sort of, hey, we're going to have a job for this company when we go there? I mean, there were no companies here when they first there, got there here. There were no companies. It so was just people seeking religious freedom. At what point? The original ones were religious freedom. There's no doubt. Um, after that, it became people who were like, I got nothing here. I might as well go there and give them seven years of indentured servitude and then get a piece of land and I'll have something. Right. But at what point did the British say, no, we have dominion over this? Immediately. Really? Yeah, pretty much from the get-go. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, perhaps, yeah, I mean, Massachusetts Bay Colony, yeah, it was pretty much from the beginning. Anyway, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, sorry, Arya, and endowed by their creator, capital C, with certain unalienable rights, capital R. I love Thomas Jefferson's flair for just capitalizing crap. (laughs) Thomas Paine would have written a better one. Yeah, well, he was a heck of a uh, pensmith, that's for sure. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. I mean, which is good and How's that going? (laughs) Yeah, they just, you know, existed before we knew certain things that we know now. I think it's really funny. Could they have possibly imagined for a second that there would be there would not be basically what we have which is half of the half of the governed are not giving their consent i mean when it comes to here on inauguration day they didn't care they only about a third of the people in the united in the colonies at the time wanted to revolt against the british they and didn't care far that it fewer wasn't than the majority. that were willing to pick up guns to do so yeah and a third wanted to remain loyal to the british empire they, they didn't care it wasn't it was never about getting the consent of the majority of the people or or of all the people, but the it was rhetoric about, is we're true. Gonna, we're the ones, and we're the ones with the authority. We're the ones our our family and friends and neighbors are looking to. We're going to make the decision, and they're going to go along with it, whether they like it or not. It was never about consent of the governed. That was just the, that was just how they justified it to themselves as they took power. Yeah, I mean, do you remember the Monty Python skit um, uh, of uh, like Dennis? Denny says that, uh, you know, uh, supreme executive order comes from the uh, mandate of the people, not some farcical aquatic uh, whatever and some some moistened bent lobbing scimitars at people. I can't remember the, the thing off the top of my head. It doesn't sound like you remember any of this. I do not. Okay, well, um, it it exists and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going to... Um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is the only Monty Python I've ever been exposed to. That's it. Uh, Dennis from Monty Python. Oh, I was the super Holy... high then, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what I to tell like you. I was like 22 then and baked. I remember very little from that movie. Well, I, it, it, I remember it was funny. I think this is the very best part because I just love Dennis. He says, uh, the king comes up and says, old woman, old woman. And Dennis says, man. Oh. I'm terribly sorry. You know, and then it just sort of goes on from there. Okay. And uh, I remember the part about the duck and the witch. Yeah. And I remember the knight and tis just a flesh. Tis but a scratch. (laughs) Yeah. It is. uh, Monty Python is is great stuff. Um, Let me go on here with the uh, see if I can get a couple more lines in of the Declaration of Independence before we go on. That whenever a form of government becomes destructive of these ends. That is um, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, uh, just powers derived from the consent of the governed. It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Now, how would you do that? And to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to, excuse me, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. I mean, it's unfortunately, great. government by default is destructive of the ends of securing securing liberty. That's what it does. It destroys liberty. My contention is is that the, uh, the, the they they traded one tyrannical ruler five thousand miles away for five thousand tyrannical rulers one mile away. Free talk live. 
Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living. To survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war, Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour here. Like I said, you can call in and talk about what you want. 603-283-6160. Love to have a call. That's what we do. It's Mark with you. And Aria. So we're reading the Declaration of Independence on this inauguration show. And I'm trying to compare, sort of compare and contrast, because, you know, this was a big deal in 1776. They had gone through a great deal and dealt with a lot of crap and said, we want to rule ourselves. Well, their tolerance for crap was significantly lower than America's today. And that's kind of one of the points that I'd like to make here is is that we hmm. have no idea what freedom is. It will actually look like or taste like these people did have some some idea because their ruling power was generally overseas and relatively minor domestically and still they had enough with like a three percent tax on tea or something like that yeah there's significantly more to it than that but yes i mean it's it's worth pointing out yeah yeah and we're looking at 25 percent taxes on marijuana and things like that going yeah that's 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 okay it's not too bad it's better than not having marijuana i suppose right I well mean, that's yes the idea. but if we did this if we declared our independence from the government and you know kicked them out well that's what they did the other day in new hampshire they did they kicked them out well they told them they're fired <laughs> they didn't go home it didn't seem to work yeah no. I, I think the only solution here is to just stop obeying but, you know, I, I look at it as I'm free anyway. I do pretty much whatever I want whenever I want. Yep. And the government, some of the things I do are not legal according to the government. Most of them are. But the things that, you know, the big things that people want to be illegal, like murder, rape, theft, aren't things I'm going to do anyway. So if it's convenient to me, I will obey the government. I won't murder someone just because the government said not to. No, sure, I'll obey that law because I was going to obey that law anyway. Right. But I'm not going to go out of my way. Something to happened obey a to law. me today, and I was kind of confronted with the idea that, uh, with the sort of fact that the government turns us all into, or many businesses, let's call it businesses for for the sake of this uh, conversation, businesses into freelance deputies for itself. Yes. So that's my biggest issue with this mask ordinance crap. In this case, it was it had it was COVID nineteen rules. I was going to the dentist. And I had not gotten into the office. There was being met outside the office by the uh, vigilant and, and happy uh, dental person sure. who asked me a list of questions. You know, um, do you, how do you feel today? Um, have you had a sore throat? Have you had a cough? And, um, and she said, in the last 21 days, have you coughed? I'm like, yes, of course I've coughed in the last 21 days. I, I'm surely that's happened. Um, and Have you coughed? In the last 21 days? But she wanted to know if I'd done a COVID cough. And I'm like, no, I didn't have done a COVID cough. Like, you know, Well, that's really what's the questions that this is all about. Sure. And then she came to the question, have you 
uh, traveled outside of the state in the last 21 days? And the answer to the question was, yes, I have. But the answer you gave was no. The answer I gave was yes. Okay. So, and I didn't get in the office. Like, they canceled my appointment and that was it. Off off I went. Wow. And um, it, not, not immediately. They, they felt bad for canceling my appointment, but they didn't want, you know, that, whatever. Now, my, my question is, is how do I, like, in the absence of the government rules, I don't know what they would ask me because I don't live in a world where the government didn't hand rules to these people. Sure. I don't know what they would ask me. Um, so that I would, you know, give whatever answer I would give. I don't like to lie, but um, my my truth telling mechanism is informed by a uh, Quaker conundrum that was brought up in the past, which is, what do you do when a slave catcher comes to your house and asks if you've got any slaves hidden on the property? And you lie. That's what many Quakers, the conclusion they came to. Other people are like, I can't lie. Others are like, you know, like, well, I'm not going to their house. You got to weigh <laughs> the evils here. One is lying to a slave catcher. The other is protecting a human being who is going to be sent back to slavery right. if you don't lie. Now, One of those is significantly more harmful in its consequences than the other. I've traveled around uh, two thirds of the way around the globe and back, which giving me what is that one and a third way uh, times around the globe um, in 2020. I've taken two antibody tests, a bevy of PCR tests, and none of them have ever come out positive. Sure. I have managed to travel the globe on airplanes um, and not come up positive. And the lady's like, well, but you could. And, and the last one, by the way, was on the 8th of January. And today is the 20th of January. So 12 days ago. Well, you've seen us here in Keene. We've been socializing more than ever. And yet not a single one of us has gotten sick. We hang out with you who's flying all around the globe. You haven't gotten sick. None of us have gotten sick. And the um, whole argument, I mean, it's really starting to make it look like all of this is in people's heads. Well, it's not all in people's heads. The chances are good that we're, uh, you know, like the chances are good that you're T-cell immune. And that's just that. And nobody talks about it. This is what the uh, the doctor talked to me about. I've looked it up on the internet. We I read it on an article on it uh, months ago here on Free Talk Live, and you're not hearing about this on the news anywhere. Yeah, go ahead, you know, search for T cell immunity COVID nineteen and read up on it. I'm not a doctor, and I shouldn't be telling you about it, but I can tell you the medical professionals have said that I'm you know likely T cell immune. Whatever that means. It means that I was immune to this disease before it ever uh, existed. Okay. Um. So anyway, um, you know, she's but you could have caught it in the last 12 days. I could have. But uh-huh. at, at, the, at this point, we've gotten into the realm of, sorry, you're not coming in. And I'm not going to sit there and argue, you know, like right. either either you want my business or you don't want my business. And I'll just go on. Like, I'm only going to be in town a few more days. I can get my teeth cleaned elsewhere. I don't need to pay double in New Hampshire. Sure. And that's what it's like here, by the way. Did you go to the Freedom. Bitcoin accepting dentist? No. Well, that may have been your mistake. This was a periodontist with a specialty. Oh. specialty. So anyway, let's go to the phones here. We've got uh, Packet Sniffer calling from New Hampshire. Mr. Sniffer, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> I, I prefer Mrs. Sniffer. <laughs> Mrs. Sniffer. That's okay with you. Well, give Mr. Yeah. Sniffer my best. <laughs> All right. 
I was just calling to say that um, I absolutely agree because I like hearing my opinions spread across the airwaves. I agree that uh, transgender should not be in the military because there's too many good old boys that just want to, you know, they, they don't want to be neither, near the queers because it might be contagious and they might catch a dick. LRN.FM. There you go. I don't think that that's really the reason. I mean, especially among people that age. The people serving in the military now are like 21, 20, 18, 19. The vast majority of people I've met who are under 25 do not care about whether or not someone is transgender. Because, I mean, they've been around it their entire lives. I don't know. Um, This is mostly, you know, the older people, the colonels, the generals having an issue with it. Okay. I don't know. That would be my guess. What do I know about these things? I Well, I have a friend who's in the Air Force right now who joined the Air Force after having been a Marine, and he he was the one who filled me in on this. You know, most people in the military, they legitimately don't care. They just want to know, are you going to have their back when the time comes? Yeah, that's probably what they care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're sort of taking hormones to make you weaker, that I'm not really interested in that. You know, like as a person who might be in the military, you know, and having you have my back, like, could you not make the unit less able to defend itself while you're part of the unit? Well, how much how much military strength actually comes from physical strength in the first place? You got to be able to pick these things up. And uh, when I watch hormones for five years, I guarantee you I could still pick up and carry whatever military equipment they have. How's that going? Hormones for the last five years. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a. Does it seem like a waste of money? Not particularly. Uh, I mean, what just, what are they supposed to do? Money. Well, it's because of the age at which I started them, not a whole lot. Okay. But I mean, if then someone started them? these when they were sixteen or seventeen, because then, I don't know, Mark, because I'm trans and that's what trans people do. I see. Right? It's <laughs> as good a reason as any. I, what gets, what it, age should somebody be able to make a decision to do this? Do you have an opinion on that? I do. I'd like to hear it. It's a long, well, it's a controversial one. So let's hold off on 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Aria. Um, let's go to the phones here in just one moment. But first, I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. With Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies being on a bull run over the course of the last two months. Does that sound right, Aria? Does that an overstatement? Oh, it's been well more than the last two months. I mean, we went from like... But a bull run in crypto is a bull run unlike any other bull run in any other uh, commodity or stock or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, just going up is a bull run in stocks. But crypto has to be flying up, you know, because otherwise people are, it's not doing anything. It's too stable. It's too volatile. It's well, it too was, something. Bitcoin was almost acting like a stable coin for a while in 2020. I mean, it just was not moving from that seven grand mark. Yep. Or maybe it was six grand. I don't remember. But then, then 
the rest of 2020 happened, and it's now sitting at like 36,000, I think. Causing all of those people who wish they had bought it when it was 10,000. I think it was like, went down to 34 today. You know, yeah. If you bought yesterday, then today wasn't so great. <laughs> but okay. otherwise, still pretty good. Yep. Good time to buy. It's never a bad time to, to buy because we're nowhere near the cap of what Bitcoin is going to be. That's a prediction uh, as Aria makes it. I have made the predic- prediction that if Bitcoin is worth a dollar, it's worth a million. These days, I'm not entirely sure what I think about BTC. I don't understand what it is in the marketplace or its value as a currency, but... Name recognition. That's it. Either way, it is, um, you know, like, you can't argue with success, ladies and gentlemen, and BTC Bitcoin has had success. So, um, I, I'm i not selling Bitcoin.com. You can uh, get Bitcoin there. You can get a wallet. You can... They'll even give you... Bitcoin there, just for installing the Bitcoin.com wallet. Yeah, they get a tiny little bit if you... Uh, you sure, start. but then you can say, hey, I own some Bitcoin. It's true. It's true. And you wait, that tiny little bit will be worth something. Eh, maybe Clearly. Maybe one day you'll be able to buy a hamburger with it. Right, one day you'll be able to buy a Lamborghini with it. It's possible. Let's go to the phones. Got CW calling in KTOX land. CW, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, howdy, fellas. I mean, lady and fella. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys recall yesterday, you're talking about kids have being forced to wear masks. You know, I, I hate the issue of making these kids scared for their lives for some crap-ass virus, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I go to the gas stations, I go to the, the stores, I never wear a mask. And every time I see these kids with their parents that are fearing for their lives of this fake virus i'm not gonna say it's fake okay it's a virus but you know I, I i just make a point to look at them and just know that not every person is afraid you don't need to be afraid why why are they you know they're they're changing the next generation you know they're they're ruining the new the kids that are you know it's it's ridiculous i ah. Uh. It, yeah, it's it, got to it be a tra- traumatizing experience to be raised in this sort of environment that teaches you to be afraid of everyone you see because they might they might kill you. Can't we kind of look at uh, the differences between, say, millennials and Gen X, uh, millennials and boomers and things like that? Um, you're in you're millennial, right? Yes. OK. Can uh, you, no, uh, I was I'm sorry. I was talking to Aria. Uh, what are you uh, okay. there, CW? I'm 34 right now. I think it's millennial. I think so. So did you guys, I mean, what was it like? Were you, did you play outside a bunch? Because I can tell you when I came home from school, I ran in, dropped my backpack at the door, turned, you know, yelled, hey, if, if my grandmother was home, my mother of course worked. Um, I was kind of a latch key. I had a key. So if my grandmother wasn't there, I could open up the door, but you know, yell, hey, turn around, bang, doors closed. I'm gone. And I didn't return until the sun went down, the streetlights went on kind of thing. And that was my that was every single day because, you know, who wants a bunch of screaming kids in the house? So out you go. We didn't really have like there wasn't an opportunity to play video games. I I did have a video game console, but I had it at my um, house, not my grandmother's. And. You know, we didn't we didn't play video games. We played football and guns, as we called it, <laughs> and um, you know, caught lizards and did all kinds of things with Florida. See, we did both. As well, I did both as a child. Mm-hmm. 
So plenty I, of time outdoors, but yeah, I also hung around inside playing video games. Isn't some. there some point when basically going outside became scary for parents? Oh, never, never for me. Well, I mean, how about after? That's got to be a younger millennial thing. Okay, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, you know what? I'm I'm more likely going to die from lung cancer because I'm I've been smoking since I was 12 years old. I've been drinking beer since I was in my mid teenage years. Perhaps they shouldn't have let you outside. This is an older millennial <laughs> thing for sure. You know what I'm saying? The I'm older more millennials are closer to Gen X. Self-imposed. Well, and but, the younger millennials, the ones who are like 23, 24, they're they're closer to the Zoomers. Is that a millennial? Yeah, just barely. Okay. Anyone born before in 2000, so people who are 21, 22 years old now. Okay. Are still technically millennials. See, even see, though they don't have anything in common with the ones who were born in 88 or whatever 34 years ago was. CW, thank you for the call. So my son, uh, born in 2008. And I, I will say that, for one, uh, getting him outside was just hard. He just didn't, he wasn't a kid who wanted to go outside. And there wasn't anybody to play with where we lived. So he just didn't get outside and do, didn't do a lot of those things. And say when a pork fest or something like that, when he wanted to run off with kids, you know, that first time, I don't know how old he was, nine, ten. Remember, I'm taking the bike at six years old and going the next street over. Sure. Um, but, you know, whatever the age was, eight, nine, ten, I don't know. It was scary for Laura and I, um, that first go around. And then after that, it turns out everything's fine, so we kind of let him do what he wants. But I, I, there's something switched in there um, that just sort of made it sort of socially unacceptable to let your kid play outside too much. Well, people will call the cops on you. Oh, yeah. That just absolutely is happening. I don't know why. Before we go on, um, I want to get back to this Declaration of Independence thing. You had said that uh, you were going to tell me what age at which somebody can make a choice to become trans, you being trans yourself. I will say, first of all, I don't know much about puberty blockers, but it, it's kind is of... Is that a drug? Yeah. Well, it keeps someone from going through puberty, but time is going to pass either way. You know, and when that time passes, a decision has to be made, whether it's made by nature or a doctor or an overbearing parent or whoever or the person themselves. A decision is going to be made whether they're going to go through puberty naturally or artificially, and there could be regret on either side of those decisions. You have plenty of trans people who are like, oh, I wish I could have transitioned at a, at a younger age, and plenty who, who say, hey, I wish I hadn't transitioned. You know, so that possibility of regret is always going to be there, whether you develop naturally or artificially with hormones. So for me, whatever the age the person wants, I say go ahead. They're there risking- are trans people who wish that they hadn't been uh, transitioned into the other gender? Yes. They're well, very why don't they stop? The, the, because of boob growth and things like that. Um, if you take it at a Ace young age, you can't really do anything about it. All right. I mean, you're still permanently altering your body just by going through puberty. The question is whether you're going to go through it artificially or naturally. And you risk regret on either side. So just do what you want and live with the consequences that result. I have an opinion, too. Free Talk Live. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror, Weird World War III. Available now from BaneBooks at BaneBooks.com. Yeah! 
Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Mark with you. Aria. 603-283-6160. In the uh, end of the last segment, Aria was uh, giving a non-definitive answer as to when... Uh, people should be able to transition from male to female if, did you if they a, wish to do. Did you want a number? I was th- a number would be c- uh, convenient because then I could pick at it. But um, I would say twelve. Wow! Wow! Okay. Well, like I said, they're going to ha- you're going to have the possibility of regret there either way. That this person, whether they're male and want to transition to female, or male and they want to continue progressing into being a male. They could regret either one of those decisions. They could, they could go, man, I wish I had transitioned back when I was 12. Or they could go, wow, I wish I hadn't transitioned back when I was 12. So There's risk on either side. I don't perceive either risk as being significantly greater than the other. So if they want to make that choice, let them make it. It's a um, conundrum of the human condition. And you pointed that out. I'm not I'm – not, you yeah, know. you can't just pause time until they're mentally mature enough to make this decision and be confident that they won't have regrets. Right. It's possible that puberty blockers may actually be capable of doing that. I don't know, not having looked into them extensively. But either way, once they come off of those puberty blockers, if they're 19, 20 years old or whatever, they finally made a decision, their their body is not going to progress in the same way as it would have if they had been 13. So there's still the possibility of regret. Wow, I wish I had just transitioned instead of taking puberty blockers for six years. Yes. Um, so obviously, um, the what I would like to have happen is, is uh, for a kid to be um, you know, mentally 50. And then to make the decision at the right time. I mean, all of us have regrets about having not made a decision at a given time. And um, I can see that there would be problems. There's lots of as a father of a 12 year old. I I wouldn't let that guy. I wouldn't let him make any long term decisions for me. Because he's bad at it. (laughs) Right. Like I'm trying to help him make good long term decisions. And he has no capacity for this. None. I, I don't disagree, but you know, making a decision to go through puberty normally is still making a decision that's going to it affect is. him for the rest of his life. Sure, that's absolutely. my position. Yeah. So if they make a decision that hey, I don't want to do this naturally, I want to do this artificially with these other hormones, then they're still making a decision that could impact them negatively for the rest of their life. Right. It's the reason I haven't let him get a tattoo on his face not that he's asked for it he he doesn't ask for these sorts of silly things he wants to play video games too long and and you know the normal problems the 12 year olds have sure i'd prefer to eat more candy than regular food and snacks and things like that um you know the normal stuff i don't i don't have any difficult parenting situations but i can imagine what they were like if you know when i posit weird questions to myself and then you know take my son who uh whom i know pretty well um and pop him into these scenarios and i'm like oh hey, that just um my decision would be this uh that is the same as i have for premarital sex um the right the ability to consent is fundamental to libertarian thought and when you can consent and i don't care what the consent is i don't care if it's to seeing a rated r movie or having sex or driving a car uh drinking alcohol smoking cigarettes whatever the consent is the ability to consent um, certainly comes about at some point in a person's, uh, you know, maturation. Sure. And 
we all pick different points to determine when they should be able to do this thing or that thing. And here's my point is that um, on this topic and all the others, that when your butt can pay your bills, you are mature and you are an adult. And then you can do those things. When you can't, you are the member of a family unit and the family unit makes decisions in the manner that the family unit does. Hopefully, and I understand this isn't true for everybody, hopefully a family unit takes in consideration the things that you want and that would make you happy and, uh, you know, puts that into the decision-making process. They may not, and it's the luck of the draw. I'm sorry, I didn't create the universe and I didn't come up with this whole uh, nuclear family concept. All I've got to do is live in this particular uh, situation, and i got a bunch of people in my house that don't pay bills. Sure, but that's not their fault, necessarily. Like, it's not the 12-year-old's fault that the 12-year-old can't get out there and get a job and pay for all the bills and pay their own way in the world, because that's Some not the way the world... 12-year-olds do. There's, there's they, rich 12-year-olds. Sure. Rich streamers and stuff like that. Yeah. But they can't just go out and get a job. You know, those are one in millions types kids who are out there making living, playing with toys on YouTube or whatever it is they do. Yeah. The average 12 year old can't just go out there and get a job. And even if they could, it's not going to be the kind of job that will allow them to pay their bills. They they can't go out there and get the training to become a, a stock trader or something like that at the age of 12. No one's going to give a 12 year old one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to say, hey. Invest this wisely for me. Hey, look, if my if my son showed me over the course of time that he could make a better than market um, investment uh, scenario, but I would get him that money so that he could invest it for people and make better returns. But where is this twelve year old going to get that initial money to show that he can make consistently? He doesn't good need it. He can he can uh, pick stocks, uh, you know, buy times and sell times, and show imaginary losses and gains. There's all kinds of sure. uh, programs to do that online. Uh, yes, you're absolutely. That's absolutely true. Uh, if, as long as you can see that the world is moving in the direction that twelve year olds can make a living, um, I I will concede that uh, the world is coming from a place where they can't. Okay. All right. Um, the what I would say is is that. You know, 12-year-olds don't want to pay the bills. I mean, you know, like the the kind of difficulty I have getting him to take the trash out, which is probably very, very normal. I'm not calling him an abnormally uh, recalcitrant child or anything like that. But, you know, he wants to play the video games he wants. He wants to do the things he wants to do because he's 12 and he's never had a job. And the consequences of life have never confronted him. And this is the reason... That I say that you, as a person who does not pay your bills, I don't care if you're 30 or 12. If you're not paying your bills, you're not an adult. Because you haven't had the consequences for the actions in the way that an adult does. Well, that's one particular example of how a person may have faced consequences and responsibility and issues and things like that. But it's important to remember that you know, having to pay bills, sure, that's a, that's a function of maturity. Yep. But – Maturity and experience aren't directly related to age. There are there are plenty nope. of fifty year olds like like my father, who's one of the most irresponsible children I've ever known in my entire life. And then you have people like me, who at the age of twelve, yeah, I I was extremely responsible because I was in a world where I absolutely had to be. And, and sure, people who have to be responsible mature more quickly. Um, does your father pay his bills? No. Okay, where does he live? He mooches off my grandmother. 
Okay, then he's not an adult. I called him a child. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that like, so I, I feel I like my system because people are constantly trying to pigeonhole libertarians into this. Well, how old do you think somebody is before they can consent? Uh, well, consent to what? Um, but and I know what they're talking about. They're talking about consenting to sex and consenting. I would say that the number is irrelevant. Is this person mentally mature enough? They right. can be mature enough at the age of 10. I wouldn't do it. Now, But in theory, that could happen. I'm willing to concede this one particular point, that if an issue was important enough, let's say that Jack wanted to transition from male to, to female. You know what? I'm not going to do that. It's not fair to, to bring his name into this particular conversation. Well, let's just say any 12-year-old. My fictitious child. But keep in mind, there are signs. This doesn't just come out of nowhere. Right? My family were finding girls' clothes in my, hidden in my room for, for years before I could ever have hit the age of 12 to transition in the first place right and if if i was dealing with that you know maybe i'd say no maybe i would change my mind after a period of time um you know and seeing things are different whatever the situation is but if that uh, if the fictitious child cared enough to move out was capable of, of making a decision you know and cared enough to move out then they obviously care about the issue and then our family can man- manage to work its uh, way through this problem but again i stand by it you're you're an adult or you're a child and um you know it doesn't have to do with age it has to do with your ability to care for yourself that's what the distinctive factor of an adult is Two, 603-283-6160 603-283-6160 as in freedom Talk live. Call in. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. And Aria. 603 What we're doing here is reading the Declaration of Independence. And we're going to go through the grievances. Or at least at this point, uh, you know, getting on in the show, we'll go through as many of the grievances as we can and compare them to real life and, uh, you know, modern day um, America and see how they compare. Because we've, you know, had our inauguration of a new king today. And I think that that's, uh, you know, it has some uh, value. Let's go on. I'm just reading the preamble here. I'm trying to get through it. And let's see. The it's the right of the people to alter and abolish it and to institute a new government laying at its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form to them as may seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And this is the United States government, oldest republic in the world, or um, oldest go- governing document. I think uh, say San Marino says uh, they're the oldest republic. And accordingly, all um, all henceforth shall shew, is that sh- um, hath shewn, shewn that uh, mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. Yep, that's sadly true. Yes. And I think we're doing that right now. We are suffering evils that are sufferable rather than abolishing um, their form and uh, because we've become accustomed to it. 
But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same objective invises, invises a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right. It is their duty. Do you have a duty to I overthrow the government? Yeah. Well, they say I do. How? But that's pretty tyrannical of them. Was the duty created to throw off such governments and to provide new guards for their future security? Now, it doesn't say new states. That's what they did here. But yeah. it, it says guards for your security. Doesn't necessarily have to be a state. And it suggests, by the way, the government is there to provide security and not all the things that we've come to believe the government should provide. Conveniences and those sorts of things. And health care and free education and right. government stimulus checks. Such has been uh, the patient sufferance of these colonies, referring to uh, obviously the 13 colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct uh, indirect object, the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. So, I, I, because of, you know, sort of limits of time and these sorts of things, Ari, I don't want to go through the historical um, significance of these complaints. Okay. But more just see whether or not these things can apply to today. Okay. So, Sounds good. In this case, he is not going to be the king, uh, but he is going to be the uh, the embodiment of the United States federal government, or perhaps your state Joe government. Biden. Yeah, I, I suppose uh, that it. That's not how what a president was supposed to be in the first place. No, the Constitution's clear. The you know the United States government's supposed to provide a military, do weights and measurements, put up post roads, and uh, you know prosecute people for treason. Right? Really, nothing much else. And as a matter of fact, the Tenth Amendment and Ninth and Tenth Amendments are pretty clear that the things that aren't directly listed in this Constitution are powers of the people and the states. So that's not the federal government. But the federal government's gone well beyond that. And they absolutely have. Yeah. And nobody even wants to talk about that. The media is fawning over Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris today. Absolutely doesn't want to talk about that. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. So have we proposed to rule ourselves in certain ways that the United States federal government has uh, prevented over time? I'm thinking marijuana laws. Okay. You know, absolutely. Um, it's coming to mind here. You know, there's uh, at this point, you know, now that Colorado and Washington had their little uh, referendums and suddenly you can smoke weed there without going to jail. The federal government just rolled over and uh, laid there like a like a playful puppy. Well, but thank before that, I mean, there are people in prison for marijuana in federal prison. There are. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. So um, if we have wanted things from our government, has the government refused to do it? Oh, absolutely. There's a Princeton study out there that says basically that um, that the United States government and probably governments around the world – uh, more closely resembles an oligarchy than um, a democracy. That 
you know, whether well, the public no doubt it took Princeton to do a study on this to. Well, it's nice to be able to show that to people. Okay, fair. I mean, people like people like Ivy League schools, and so having a Princeton study that says it is is nice. But basically, whether you uh, you the public, like all the you collective, want a law or don't want a law, an overwhelming majority of people want something to be true or not want uh, want, want something not to be true. It doesn't matter. That doesn't it doesn't make the least bit of difference as to whether it will become a law or whether it won't become a law. No, and we've seen that repeatedly. We saw it with the Bearcat here in Keene. All of those people came out to speak and virtually no one was in favor of doing it, and yet the city of Keene was like, ah, screw it, we're gonna do it anyway. Real ID is a really great example. They couldn't pass this thing without sliding it into the back of a bill at midnight. Yes. But, you know, now here it is. It's on its way. I mean, you know, basically it's it's instituted all over America, whether we wanted it or not. And pretty soon they say you won't be able to fly without it. Yep, I think it's. Well, I think it was October of this year, of th- last year. I thought it got pushed back. Okay, maybe because of keeps on COVID. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. I don't think that we lack. Uh, the representation that was being referred to in the Declaration of Independence. I would suggest that we would, because the level of representatives isn't nearly as high as it was back then. I mean, they wouldn't they would be infuriated if they learned that, you know, California had 60 something representatives rather than the fourth, five, six thousand that they should have based on the populations and the representative numbers as they were back then. Yeah, I think that's fair. You're right. Um, so there is no there's no representation because uh, the representatives are attempting to represent a whole bunch of people. Far too many. Far too many people. So there's not a, uh, you know, this this sort of, you know, community representation. I would, would certainly not want to pay them <laughs> to do that kind no, of thing. No, unless it was going to be like the $100 per representative here in New Hampshire. Right. And there was a time, you know, in the early United States, the people became impoverished by being in uh, politics. And then it sort of moved to rich people didn't do politics and left it to the, uh, the hoi polloi to do. But anyway, he... Uh, in this case, the federal government, um, has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. Now, well, this is that hasn't happened federally, but it has certainly happened here in New Hampshire. It's happened federally. Has it? Ladies and gentlemen, how many federal laws affect you? How many have you gone to Congress and testified on? No, but Congress isn't unusual or uncomfortable. It's uh, really far. And as a matter of fact, coming from Florida, I've got to say, I never went to Tallahassee. Never. I never. No one ever discussed government with me. Nobody ever wanted anything from me but my vote. Yeah. And that's it. And and you know as well as I do, once they got my vote, they did they don't care about it because they represent so many people. Yeah, unless you're a major donor, they don't care what you have to say. And you have to be a major donor to get them to care. Yeah. I bet you that's uh, some of the people that are on the list uh, of Trump's uh, pardons just last yeah. night were some major donors. Um, he has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions and the rights of the people. 
Isn't that just that just happened this week, last week in New Hampshire, with the uh, Declaration of Independence from the Council for Safety or something? The Committee of Safety. Commist- Committee of Safety hate safety handed a uh, Declaration of Independence to the Attorney General. Well, to the Attorney General's office. The Attorney General himself, obviously, is too much of a coward to have actually accepted the document, confronted it, these people. And it said goodbye. Yeah. And obviously, nobody ca- they didn't leave. The governor's still there. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Koinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Koinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Koinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. That's a new number. You should record that in whatever way you want. Like, you know, at some point you're going to want to call Free Talk Live. Hopefully. If you've been listening, you're going to want to call. And, you know, you don't want to be fumbling around waiting for me to give the number. 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And Aria. We're going through the Declaration of Independence. Before we get back into that, would you like to hear the seven tenets of the Satanic Temple? Oh, I can't wait. I keep forgetting about them. Uh, wish I could. You'll Go like ahead. them. One, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. It sounds great. Two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Yes. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Okay. Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Sounds like the non-aggression principle with a bunch of flowery language, all right? Five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. It's hard these days. Uh, Scientific facts, uh, you know, being in short supply. Six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. Uh, this is the definition of integrity. Seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. And we need to call this uh, set of beliefs Satanism. Why? Because that's what it is. That's that's no, that's those are the tenets of Satanism. It's just not. It, but they literally are. Yeah, it's not. So, <laughs> adversarialism like, against the enemy. What is the enemy of the day? What what is the god of the day? Ignorance. The state. Violence. Okay. The fine. state. So, if you're an adversary of the god of the day, adversary is simply what Satan means. So it, it's adversarialism against gods and the god of the day is the state. Yeah. Um, so words should have meanings in um, the way that they're spoken. They should immediately mean something in the way they're spoken, right? Like I should be able to communicate to somebody uh, quickly and easily that I, you know, what I, what it is that I stand for or whatever. And the term Satanism 
is in fact the opposite of that. It's an obfuscation. It's one of the reasons I don't use the term anarchist because anarchist to a person who has never heard the term. Now, do I believe that a top-down hierarchical state like the uh, you know involuntary governments that we've had for the course of 9,000 years is the way to run things? No. But the term anarchist, which many libertarians have adopted, and I believe you're one of them. I am. Yeah. Um, I've is, also taken on the moniker of Satanist. Right. So Satanist, and uh, which, in fact, you don't believe in Satan, right? I believe in being an enemy of the god of the day. Do you believe in a... Uh, an adversarial uh, cog- uh, cognit- cognating force that is uh, opposite of God, which is also a cognating force. No. No. So you're just an atheist with that wear- likes to wear black clothes. <laughs> All right. I'm a Satanist, Mark. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Aria, I'll use whatever pronouns you want me to use. <laughs> I'm just not going to do this whole uh, I'm a Satanist uh, game. With but you. I just I just taught you what Satanism means and what it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. It's not good enough for me. Um, you can't. <laughs> the definition of the word doesn't matter to you. Got yeah, it. You can't put a tutu on a dog and call it a ballerina. OK, it's just not the way you it can, goes. But that doesn't make it a ballerina. So, However, Satanist. What, what has you a read clear off definition and a clear set of seven tenets, as I just read off to you. What you read off there were the uh, you know great tenets for living your life as a humanist whatever, right? right? And humanist, at the very least, they've never pretended to be anything but, wait for it, atheists, right? Um, so, I mean, I can live with the term humanist. I have humanist. issue with humanists, though. Okay. It's speciesist. I mean, th- that's why I like Satanism better. You know, it respects other animals. Humanism puts humans first, and I'm not a fan of that. Well, I understand why a human would do that. We're on top. Are we? In most circumstances, if we decide to array ourselves against the great white sharks, we do win. The Australian government got defeated by emus in a war against them. Yeah, it's a fun read. And, and I mean, humans are also kind of destroying their own environment. In the long run, humans aren't on top. We're, we're enjoying our little brief period of being on top. The Anthracene. The what? Anthracene. That's the period of time in which men rule. Yeah, sure. We're enjoying that right now. But um, between destroying our own environment, just generally being stupid, having nuclear weapons, not immediately going, okay, this is a bad idea that we should never, ever, ever, ever explore again. AI, the Internet of Things, humans are a ticking time bomb of self-destruction. It's not that I don't agree that um, nuclear weapons are a bad idea, that we shouldn't have them. But the problem is, is the same way that any weapon is a bad idea and you shouldn't have it. Nuclear weapons are on a different scale, though. They sure are. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is true that it is Pandora's box, and even if we, we, we can't uninvent them. Yeah. Nuclear weapons are the RPG of uh, giant these giant state organizations, you know, and... What but unfortunately, we're such a short-sighted and ignorant and stupid species that we did invent the nuclear weapon. Well, nothing... Uh, the, the nuclear nuclear weapon was going to get invented whether it was invented by the people Not who invented it. Not if we weren't it. psychotic murdering apes that couldn't just talk things out. Well, let's hope that we can start talking them out. The I number agree. 603-283-6160. How do you like that? Um, going back to the Declaration of Independence here for our inauguration evening show... These what we're trying to do is apply the uh, grievances of the Declaration of Independence to modern day life. 
And so in this case, it says he over and over again, referring to the King of England um, at the time. But we're applying it to uh, the United States federal government and or state and local governments, depending. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. Now, okay, so basically representatives were like, hey, no, you can't do this. And he just dissolved their right, well, house. You know, you know, um, and this was the taxation without representation thing that uh, they were all going on. Like, we're not getting sufficient representation. And I think that it's a, you know, a fair estimation. Um, well, we're still not. What I'll say is uh, regarding this is that we have these groups, as we call them, towns, cities, counties, whatever. So if you decide that you want to rule, you and the people in your neighborhood decide you want to rule yourself, your county is not going to take it very well. No, they're not. And your state isn't going to take it very well. Um, you're, you're very unlikely to be able to sort of uh, section off. This used to happen more in the past than it does now. So I can see there's towns incorporated in New Hampshire, um, you know, 17 prior to the Revolutionary War and into the 1800s, sometimes 1900s. But now, the likelihood of you getting a new town, very, very unlikely. I've never given that any thought. Really? Yeah, you. Uh, I guess you're correct. Yep. He has refused for a long time. After such dissolutions, I presume of the houses of represent, uh, representative houses, to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have return to the people at large for their exercise. The people, the state, remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convolutions from within. Sounds like uh, like basically he's appointing governors and then they're not uh, showing up and these sorts of things that, you know, we are we are at the mercies of anarchy. That was the, uh, the claim here. Okay. And, and, and people who want to invade us, probably the French and the Indians. He has endeavored to prevent the population. Oh, I, we're talking about what's uh, going on here. Does the government leave us unprotected? It does all the time. I, I don't know that we're at risk of being invaded by anyone or attacked by anyone but except what about crime? the government. Crime happens all the time. And then the state says to you, they have no obligation to protect. Ah, good point. So, um, Which they have said, and the Supreme Court has upheld repeatedly that police have absolutely no obligation to protect you or right. to stop a crime being committed against you. You have an obligation to pay for the security force known as cops, but they have no obligation to protect you. Many of them will, but they don't have an obligation. You can't hold them responsible. It's not like a security company you paid. Don't believe me? 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, this live edition, you can call in 603-283-6160. We're going through the Declaration of Independence here. That's our celebration of the uh, inauguration of uh, Hail to the New Chief, same as the Old Chief. Um, But I think it's worth going through, because at this point we've gone through, and nearly every one of the... Uh, grievances that's in the Declaration of Independence, and that's what it is, a little grievance paper by Thomas Jefferson. Um, And we found examples that are identical here in the United States today. 
Yeah, we keep on coming up with them. And my contention would be that we just don't have what the that generation had, whatever it was. You know, I don't know. Well, we have and, this entire religion woven around the state apparatus and democracy, and we are the government. They called it the uh, the the Church of Democracy today on NPR. They called it a religion. They, um, you know, they they called it ritual. They called all of this stuff, but they did it w- in a positive manner. I couldn't believe it. But well, it is absolutely a religion. It has it's, all of the it functions. Of one. It functions uh, very similarly, and uh, you know, I'd be I'd be interested in. I'd say there's more uh, similarities, significantly more similarities uh, between sort of this state worship crap that we just saw today uh, and religion than there are distinctions. I would agree entirely. Did you see the uh, picture of the people carrying out the elector ballots? In their little Ark of the Covenant march, no, that's wonderful. Solemn robes, and you could no. you could just see how how honored they must have felt to be carrying the the great votes of the electors. It, the only ceremony that's more religious than that is the the nominating of the Pope thing that they do. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it was overtly, disgustingly religious, and most Americans would look at that and they would feel that same sense of pride and wonder of, wow, those are, those are the great electors. Well, those folks. people this should so be able good. those people should be able to have the government that they want. That's what freedom means. Sure. But and I should be free to not have that government. The funny, the thing about, uh, like, somehow people can, people love to hear that they can have the government they want. You should have the government you want. You like America, you should have it. But here's my question. Why can't I buy, say, 100 acres, plant my flag, call myself a king, and, um, or, you know, whatever. I could have, I could have a democratic government. I don't care what kind of government I have. I have, you know, a completely different kind of government we've never seen before. Whatever. It doesn't make the least bit of difference. Why can't I do that in a free, I'm stressing that term, country where they fought and died for your freedoms, you can't, you are not free to not pay these people the money that they demand from you. What is distinctive between that, you know, the the big gathering that we had there today and the nomination process for their leader at the thieves den? I don't see one. I don't either. And, um, you know, Thomas Jefferson likely wouldn't have seen it either by the readings of these things. Anyway, I'd like to hear him. Uh, you know, Thomas well, Jefferson takes, could call in if he'd like. It certainly takes a lot to pierce through that veil of the state religion's brainwash. I understand that. And, and again, that person, whomever they are, can have all the government they want. They can go have twice as much government as far as I'm concerned. The question is, why can't I... Buy a piece of land. I understand the question. And start my own country. The same reason that the Christians wouldn't just sit by while paganism existed. Uh, Religions don't like other competing religious beliefs. By the way, the same reason the paganism wouldn't sit by while Christians existed, too. You know, Because these things, this is what I'm trying to show, is the cyclical nature of belief systems. First, you're absolutely the outsider. Secondly, there's a chance that you're going to make it. Third, you get there. And then fourth, time to do the same thing to everybody else. Yep. Start it all over again. He, referring to, in this case, the federal government because we're, uh, or federal, state, and local governments because we're changing that for the king, has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose 
obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their uh, migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. So basically saying, hey, we want more people to come here and work and farm and have our uh, stuff, and you won't let them in. Why? That's identical to what's going on today. Uh, Beyond that, the federal government isn't even supposed to be regulating immigration. It's supposed to be the states regulating it. And they don't have any authority whatsoever to because the king, the federal government, has taken that away from them. Made it impossible to acquire land and start a new township, as you pointed out, because if it's not owned by a private person, it's owned by the federal government. Every acre of land on this continent is owned by a government or a private individual. Right. So naturalization um, at the time, sort of what it meant was the ability to become how the process into which one becomes the, you know, able to vote and come here and all those sorts of things. But um, the federal government is not actually given the power of immigration. Uh, the founding fathers did not imagine putting troops on the border to prevent people from coming in, you know, if it wasn't a war or something like that. So I, I can it's probably the least clear uh, violation of the Constitution, though. I would say that much. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. Um, let me... Okay. So, we have... And by the way, I haven't read through these ahead of time. It's been some time since I've read the Declaration of Independence, so I'm coming off the top of my head with vi- current violations of this. We have a right to a speedy trial in this country. How quickly can you expect a trial? Well, you have the right to a speedy trial, but you have to request it. No, and even then, you won't get it. No, even then, your speedy trial is going to take a year. Right. That's not a speedy trial. It is not. Um, Not by anybody's definition of what a speedy trial is. Speedy trials don't exist anymore, and here's the reason. We don't have enough judges, or we have too many laws. Both of those statements are true. Yeah, I don't think – I think that we have enough judges, but I think that far fewer – the judges should be handling far fewer things. We have too many laws, too many things are illegal, and um, frankly, what's the point of having uh, a court system for civil law anyway? This is something that can be handled through arbitration in the vast majority of cases. We don't need civil law. What do you mean by civil law? Uh, Laws where you can't go to jail. Okay. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. Do you feel like when you go see a judge that they're impartial between you and the judiciary, uh, you and the uh, executive? No, of course not. It's absolutely ridiculous. In they're fact, totally I, in bed with the police and the DA. One moment I had in a speeding, tri- a speeding ticket trial that I had, I took it to, to trial for this purpose. Obviously. Was so that I could show the collusion between the judiciary and the executive. And I you know, first asked the question. You have to put them on the, the stand. So I, the judge I couldn't put on the stand, so I put the cop on the stand. Um would you have me believe today that somehow we are considered equals before this court? And he said, absolutely. And I said, when I came in here today, they took my pocket knife from me. Is that a gun in your hip? And he didn't know what to say because the judiciary has uh, assented in so many ways to collude with the executive that we don't even recognize it anymore. That guy could pull that gun out of his holster and shoot anybody in that room. And, you know, they didn't do anything about it, but they took a pocket knife from me that wouldn't harm anybody. Hmm. Yeah, good points. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. 
Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Aria. Going through the Declaration of Independence here, um, listing off Thomas Jefferson's grievances. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, basically what we found so far is that there's almost exclusively a, uh, almost uh, always a uh, parallel within um, today's modern society. So whatever the grievances are, we got them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just how governments are. I imagine that they aggress against their people in the same way over time. I want to thank Gnostic Algonquin, which I presume picked those uh, words just to see whether I could pronounce <laughs> them or not. <laughs> He's a, uh, well, Hey, what do you, what do you do? He is, uh, if you don't know the gender, I would you say go he with or he. she. Yeah. He or she. That's another one. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more syllables going from well, one syllable it's, to three. It's two more syllables. Yes. Yeah, two more syllables. But you don't triple. know that this is a he. It's triple the syllables. 300% <laughs> of the syllables. Three times the syllables, Aria. Gnostic Algonquin um, is a gold amplifier. You too can be an amplifier by going to amp.freetalklive.com. That's what we, you know, I mean, this is how we do it, right? We are the street preachers for liberty. We go out there and uh, preach these ideas that you would like to see spread, and we can spread them farther and wider with your help. Really, getting on more stations and having more downloads is only a matter of money. Gnostic Algonquin, thank you. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. So I, I didn't hear your first hour. I've heard the last two, these two. So in and you're doing grievances now. So I would presume that in the first hour, you addressed the uh, principles uh, laid out in the Declaration. And so in those principles that you likely discussed, uh, what did you conclude based on the pres- the principles presented by the people that wrote that document uh, and the principles that uh, that uh, you currently hold as compared to how our current government is uh, uh, acting in respect to those principles? I'd say that the current government uh, doesn't pay much mind to the notions of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, man's freedom, their ability to uh, alter or abolish the state if it becomes destructive of their rights. Um, Basically, that we traded one ruler 5,000 miles away for... 5,000 rulers right here. Right. And let me, did you address the concept, or at least it's my hypothesis, I'm assuming that others have have the same hypothesis, I'm not alone, that moment one after the the, uh, inception of the nation under these principles, that conditions were not 
the same as they are now to, to mean that they were not nearly oppressed then as we are now. It's not like they traded one oppressive government for an immediately uh, fully oppressive, Im- uh, oppressive yeah. different government. Um, have you addressed that concept? I haven't spent a lot of time with it, but I think it's a true statement. I'm, I'm willing to concede it. that um, The government is more tyrannical now than it was in 1789? Yeah, but I think that sure. the government would have been, um, you know, that the British government... Well, in fact, we can look at how free the United States would be in the absence of, um, you know, a revolution, or at least get some reasonable analog to it. We call it Canada. Canada is what happens when you don't fight a bloody revolution against uh, the British state, because it's basically geographically the same. And um, at the time, it was demographically the same. Basically, everything's the same, except, you know, above this line, they didn't secede. Below this line, they did. Right. And that's that um, is how, how about the difference? Uh, back then, as compared to now, you're, you're commenting on how you how you see it now. How was it, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, uh, in those respects? I think it depends on where what your station was in life. So um, I would say that women probably didn't feel as free because they couldn't vote. I have some arguments against the whole uh, women's suffrage, but I don't think that it's worth of argument worth having, uh, frankly. Um, Good choice. Yeah, it's just not. There's no point to it. What, here's my argument. That um, <laughs> just very quickly. I don't want to. I don't need to hear a rebuttal. You can just hear it. Okay. The rebu- the the argument is is that currently most households, uh, it's two votes in the same direction. If they have any sense, at the very least. If it's not, it's a vote in either direction. They cancel themselves out. They might as well have stayed home. So um, adding an what additional about vote. Unmarried women. What's that? What about unmarried women? There weren't that many. But there are now. At the time of suffering. Well, fine. (laughs) I mean, you know, I get it. I understand why they would care. But I'm saying that as a percentage of the population, unmarried women was, at the time, quite small. Today, higher. But, you know, so whatever. It's not like your vote matters anyway. I don't care if you're an unmarried woman or not. I've voted in uh, plenty of elections, and I rarely get what I'm looking for. Okay, and so that was briefly on that question. How about on the question of to what do you attribute the drift from, we'll just call it relative freedom, uh, to what we have now, which are what I would call significantly less than relative freedom? I'd say it's people's desire for safety. You know, the, the democratic process and people's uh, d- desire for safety. Okay, so you're, so, so you're not going to... Uh, entertain the uh, 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 not you're talking about people's desire for relative or for safety or the illusion of it. Um, uh, what about the outside forces that might uh, be trying to convince the people that they want and will receive additional safety? Uh, the, the, nefar- the nefarious powers that uh, have a, an interest in since we no longer we don't have a king here, that leaves a vacuum for me to try to slip in and become a de facto king. What about those nefarious forces? Yeah, I think that that's true, right? Like the state, uh, the state's nature is to grow and find more things to do. And the longer a state is around, the more things that it will find to do over time. 
Um, nobody wants the um, the unrest, the lack of stability that comes with the take, time, to, time and energy it takes to destroy a state, an organization that claims a monopoly privilege and the use of violence in a given landmass. It's very difficult these days um, to do such a thing. So... They just kind of live, as it said here in the Declaration of Independence, suffer the evil while it is sufferable. Right. Okay. So the the uh, intrinsic propensity for a state to become more and more controlling and overbearing uh, being one thing, set that aside for a minute. What about the issue that I brought up as to the generally unseen forces, because they don't want you to know that they exist? that manipulate uh, 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 openly or behind the scenes and op- openly by using proxies because they don't want the, the, their true identity to be known um, because they want to sneak up on you and take control. What, what about the nefarious uh, uh, powers or the, as compared to the— Why don't you go I ahead and tell me— I can't answer uh, because I don't have any idea what in the hell you're talking about. Yeah, why don't about? you just tell me what the nefarious powers are? I have uh, one minute here. Rather than having me uh, guess whether um, it's uh, ghosts that make my car move forward or the combustion engine, please go ahead. Okay, well, prior to the American Revolution, there was a group of wealthy people— uh, just and this is just obvious. It's on its face. There were kings and queens all over Europe, and Europe then colonized the rest of the world because they had some technology the rest of the world didn't, and they basically controlled the whole world until we came along and ruined that for them by having a revolution in the United States. And and uh, ever since then, they have been uh, what I as I see it, trying to control the whole world again. And those people would be the nefarious powers. Okay, um, I mean, you know, the the UN seems to be well populated with people from not the United States, but um, you know, it's a theory. Uh, I'll, I'll have you. You can support it some other time. Thank you for the call. The number eight five five four five zero three seven. Oh, I've given this the darn toll free number six zero three two eight three. I almost made Only it the whole show. Tonight, yeah, six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Thank you for the call, David. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Talk Live final segment. Going through the Declaration of Independence here and the Thomas Jefferson's grievances against the king, comparing them to modern day grievances and uh, our thoughts as to whether or not they exist. Basically, wondering whether or not they're. What would the founders say about the nation that we have today? Because it's a good question on, you know, there's the argument that, hey, we're being ruled from afar. And as long as you have whatever tyranny that was present from afar, it's acceptable as long as it's near. There's this logical fallacy that has to do with sort of where you're from, you know, Um, you know, here in the Free State Project, as somebody who's lived in the state since 2006, going on, what, 14 years, 15 years now? Uh, every once in a while, I'll run into somebody as, oh, yeah, you're not a local, but you want to, you came here to tell us what to do. That thanks a lot. And well, I know what no, that's. I came here to, to leave you the hell alone. Yeah. Well, you can make the argument uh, for the Free State Project if you wish. I think that uh, I do not wish at, to. at its core, it is a, uh, a project to change the state of New Hampshire. 
And, um, you know, some people in New Hampshire would like that, but most people don't like the idea of outsiders coming in and telling them how to do things, um, whether they agree with the outsiders or not. And I can tell you as a Floridian, I wish all Yankees would have gone home. One of the reasons I left was because you came in and voted the way you voted. So anyway, uh, going on with these complaints for quartering large bodies of troops, armed troops among us. Aria, does the the current governmental system quarter large groups of troops among us? Yes, but it does it in a way that we don't recognize. How so? The land that you own is yours from the center of the earth to the upper layers of the atmosphere. All right. And the military regularly flies planes through what is 100% legally your airspace. I would uh, say that that police, uh, so police did not exist at the time of the writing of the Declaration of Independence. They didn't know what a police officer was. First police officer was in London in 1850. So a full 75 years after this. Um, that, that and sheriffs didn't have the same sort of powers and, and control over a given area that. Uh, well, because they were elected. Modern uh, police do, even if they were appointed. Um, they just didn't have, you know, people weren't used to seeing a governmental agent on a regular basis. And How nice that must have been. This, uh, So I would say that, in fact, we have among us um, troops all the time. We just don't call them troops. They're inward-facing troops, not outward-facing troops. For protecting them, the troops, by mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. Well, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying today that if a police that a police officers aren't held to the same level of justice that you and I are? I am exactly saying that. Yeah, for cutting off. And I don't think anyone would would seriously try to make the argument otherwise. For cutting off our trade, well, I've heard police officers say that they are, in fact, the the law is forced enforced upon them more stringently not less i don't know how they come to that bizarre conclusion because everybody wants to be the underdog that's why why but they're literally- it's possible to be on somebody's neck preventing them from breathing and still think you're the underdog because that's how humans are fair for cutting they're off wrong our- <laughs> right <laughs> the yankees fans think they're the underdogs for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world does the federal government currently tell you with whom you can trade and with whom you can't? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the reasons we love Bitcoin. For imposing taxes on us without our consent. That's very familiar. It's like the it's like the definition of tax. <laughs> for depriving us of many in many voluntary, cases. voluntary, it would be a donation for sure. For depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury. I don't think we're de- uh, provided we're we're deprived of this too often, but juries then were significantly more skeptical of charges that were brought before them than they are today basically they're rubber stamps for prosecution at this point sadly that does seem to be the case for transporting us beyond and they won't allow us to teach them to reach out to jurors often about jury nullification yeah, a lot of, in a lot of different states, but here in New Hampshire, we can reach reach out to them about jury nullification, and it still doesn't matter most of the time. Yeah, maybe it would matter though if we could, you know, talk about it more. Right. I mean, you can carry on your back a katana around New Hampshire, but most people don't. Why? Because it's not socially acceptable to do so. So they're not going to go into a jury with uh, fourteen people, two alternates, and 
say, well, I'm here to stand up for the uh, the right to uh, you know nullification. It's just not going to do it. Yeah. You know, it's like walking would, in the grocery store without a mask let me on. on a jury. It takes a certain type of person to walk into the grocery store right now without a mask on. Yeah. You know, if a bunch of people did it, then lots of people would do it. But, you know, whatever. Just giving an example here. For transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretend offenses. I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, mostly you can get a trial where you live, but you're incarcerated way far away. If you get a federal charge and you live in, pick your state, Maine, Florida, Washington, um, California, you're highly unlikely to end up in that same state. And your parents, if they want to come visit your people, if they want to come visit you, whomever they might be, it's going to be, they're going to be, it's plane rides to get there. And it could be stupid and barbaric. Yeah. That might as well be kept, kept in prison across an ocean. Yeah. Um, For abolishing the free system of English laws in neighboring provinces. That doesn't sound like anything worth reading. I'm trying to go through them here and find the, uh, the good ones. Um, He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. So, that's one of the, the definition of a citizen is a person who uh, trades a duty of allegiance for an obligation of protection. The government says that it does not have the, the United States Supreme Court has said multiple times that they don't there's no obligation to protect. Yeah. That they don't have to protect you. So. Uh, so what is, has the government declared you out of their protection? Yes. All right. If you could think of things like the war on drugs and, uh, you know, these sorts of things, have they are they waging war against us? Yes. All right. Well, in, I got that one in mass. They are waging war against us. It's plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns and destroyed the lives of our people. I don't see a lot of towns burning, but I've seen a lot of people had their lives destroyed by the state for, you know, and, and no one seems to be able to do anything about it. One of the nice things about working for the government is throwing up your hands and saying, hey, I think it's wrong, but I don't know what to do about it. Sorry. Yeah. Not my fault. And it's just like it just moves forward. Like those 12 people in the jury, they don't think of themselves as responsible for the injustices done by the judicial system, but they had an opportunity to do something about it. People who work for the state, actually, I think that the state is probably more, um, and, and I'm talking about counties and cities and all that stuff, it's more immune to somebody doing something about it even than a jury trial. Um, you know, I mean, if you're a mid-level bureaucrat, working in the planning department or something of your local county, what are you going to do about zoning laws? Nothing. Yeah. You didn't vote on them. You didn't put them in place, you know? And you can't change them. Right. Sorry, your elevation's not right. The uh, The pitch of your, uh, your property's too high, uh, you know, whatever. You I guess you could choose to not enforce them. You, you can, but, I mean, it's going to get back at some point. It's not yeah. like... like like if you stamp something, it's I, in many cases you you aren't the only thing in between this person and getting done what they want to get done. Yeah, good point. And if you don't do it, it's like they come back and they say, "Aria, I'm looking at this piece of paper here, and it it looks like you didn't tell these people no that they couldn't do this." <laughs> Shocking. I mean, you, you know they couldn't do this. We can't have this kind of thing. This is a absolute violation of our zoning laws. 
here. And, you know, the, the boss is going to come have a chit-chat with you, and then uh, you do it again and do it again and do it again. And pretty soon you just look incompetent. Not freedom-oriented, just, you know, you could say, Mr. Smithers, you're an a-hole for enforcing all this crap. That is what I would say, but that's why I would never be in that job in the first place, because yep. they would never hire me. Yeah. The government has incited dis- domestic insurrections among us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless savages, says Indian savages, whose known uh, rule of warfare is an undistinguished uh, destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Do you think the government uses identity politics to turn groups of people against each other? Do I think that? I think they use everything they can to drive a wedge between people. Yeah, whatever the groups are. I mean, but today it seems to be all about identities, whatever those are. You know, sure. I don't want it to be, but it is. Well, it's an easy wedge to drive between people. Yep. You find out more at freetalklive.com. Go to social.freetalklive.com. Attention gardeners, if you need to grow nutritionally dense vegetables or medicinal herbs this year, listen, because a bioactive superfood for plants is now available. This all-natural superfood for plants is so effective at producing maximum plant growth in minimum time that it almost forces plants to grow, even under the worst light and soil conditions. It's called Proto-Grow, and it's truly remarkable. Vegetables grow faster and contain more bioavailable vitamins and trace minerals. Plants that rarely bloom will flower constantly. Sickly plants become vibrantly alive. Medicinal herbs become super potent. Flowers become more vivid right before your very eyes. Proto-Grow also improves the taste quality of all your garden vegetables. That's because it's more than just an all-natural superfood for plants. It's a proprietary blend of bioactive sea nutrients that contain the basic building blocks of life itself, which is why Proto-Grow even renews your garden by increasing the microorganisms in the soil. Learn more at growlikecrazy.com. That's growlikecrazy.com. Get special pricing for network listeners right now at growlikecrazy.com.